Hi, this is Catching the Sun Podcast. I'm Danielle Bellew, and my passion is helping others enjoy life to its fullest, just as I do, through amazing food, wine, spirits, and travel. I am a certified travel advisor and owner of Catching the Sun. I help fellow travelers just like you design your perfect vacation with spectacular food, drink, and destinations curated just for you. Let's meet here each week and we'll circle the globe together to discover all the culinary and travel delights the world has to offer. Let's go catch the sun. Welcome to episode 16 of Catching the Sun podcast. This visit will take us to a country where the Danube River weaves through it. It's actually one of 10 countries that this river goes through, and it has a history of some of Europe's greatest artists and composers. It's Budapest, the queen of the Danube. Now, you might have to choose a side. You can either go to Buda or you can go to Pest. It's known, of course, for its combined name, but the two sides actually have very distinct characteristics. Buddha, for example, sits on the west of the river. It's hilly, quiet, green, home to many families and expats. Pest on the other side is flat, gritty, and vibrant, a place where bars and kebab shops stay open until late sharing the streets with Michelin-starred restaurants, many museums, theaters, attractions. So you can tell the two sides are different and they're actually separated or divided by the Danube. So let's see four ways then that we can see and taste Budapest. First, let's look at history and architecture. You know, Hungary is over a thousand years old and it has a really complicated history. So For a lot of people, they like to start with the St. Stephen's Basilica. That's a good place to start for exploration because it has so much history with the country. One thing to note, it took over 50 years to build. It accommodates 8,500 people. And while wonderful to visit year round, many like to go during the holiday season because around the square, the markets are open. So they enjoy that vibrant activity going on. Another one of the most recognizable buildings in Budapest sits on the Pest Riverbank. This is the Parliament Building. From the outside passersby, they usually try to count those 365 towers. It's actually the third largest Parliament building in the world. So if you're curious about the inside, then there's a 45-minute tour that can be booked where you can see even the 96 steps or climb (laughs) all the way of this grand staircase. So lots to see there for sure. Then we have the Buddha Castle. Most people, when they think about Budapest, this is what they think of. Of course, it's sitting on the Buddha side of the river. Quite imposing, of course, but overlooking the Danube. Just imagine that. This palace has been there since the 13th century. It isn't just one building. Actually, it's a whole complex. And here you actually even have the Hungarian National Gallery, the National Library, the History Museum. So it's so many things to be able to see within this castle. But of course, it wouldn't be complete with also stopping by the Fisherman's Bastion, 
which is a place where it's a decorative fortification with seven turrets and spectacular views of the Danubes. It actually marks the spot where the Mongols gave up on trying to conquer Europe. So lots of history there too. Now we're going to see something else. What about places to stay, hotels? What do they have there? But choosing your stay actually comes down to the neighborhood of choice. Each one of the cities, actually their city districts, they offer a different experience for you. So if you like to stay closer to the calm cobblestone of Buddha, you can stay at the Four Seasons Hotel. This hotel is just a stone's thrown away stones throw away from the parliament building. So just a short walk from a lot of the sites for you to be able to see and experience. Then, of course, if you like um, more historical hotels with all of the architecture, the Corinthia is definitely the obvious choice. I mean, you go back to the 19th century. So you're going to have the interior that matches that. Imagine that. So in a couple of weeks, I will actually be going to Budapest. I'm so excited. We're actually going to be staying at the Kempinski Hotel. Now, this one is right in the city center. So it's right there by the parliament to the chain bridge, the castle. Everything about this five-star hotel should be amazing, especially the part I'm looking forward to is where art meets gastronomy. So you know me and food. Cannot wait. (laughs) And I will do a future podcast talking more about this hotel, Budapest, and also my ride down the Danube River. So now let's look at food and drink, my most favorite thing. So Hungary, best known for Hungarian goulash. Most people know that. This is a beef stew made with lots of paprika. In fact, you can get the paprika that is known there at many different places throughout the city. I plan on coming back with some for sure. (laughs) It is also, if you're a meat eater, hungry is for you. They they definitely are more on the meat side. Um, Some of their dishes are more pork heavy. Um, They have the native mangalitsa pigs. Um, it's quite interesting to learn a little bit about these pigs and to see them. They're quite different, almost looks like a sheep. If you can imagine that, a pig that looks like a sheep because it has hair that hangs down. Quite interesting. But anyway, I digress. But this is some of the food that you can get. Smoked, roasted, dried. I'm sure it is absolutely delicious. But if you want more, okay, I'm I'm rather for some more updated food, some more modern tasting food. You might go to a couple of the places here, Incognito or Cafe Vian. They are close to Lys France Terre. Um, So if you're looking for meals on that note, that's the place to go. And of course, A meal is never complete without something to drink. I don't know if you know it or not, but Hungary is one of the world's oldest wine-producing countries. They have six wine regions, 22 distinct wine districts. They've actually gained so much international attention in recent years. So some of the places you can go to, they have a lot of wine bars to try a lot of their products, such as the Tasting Table. That's a well-known 
wine bar, or even there's one called Kadarka. Um, very lively for you to be able to go in and try it. One of the things to note, tip tip here, is one of the best times to go and taste is in September. Buddha Castle actually hosts the annual Budapest Wine Festival then. And just imagine all of the wine, being able to try, sample, taste, experience is nothing like it. But of course, it's not all about wine either. Actually, Hungarian alcohol has a brandy, includes a brandy, I should say, called Palinka. This is a must try. It's created with fermented fruits, mostly plums, cherries, apricots. They even have a museum, a Palinka Experience Museum, shop and bar. So you can try 100 types of Palinka. Can you imagine that? And there... I just can't imagine. I'm just look. I'm, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to trying their local alcohol. It's always quite unique. Then you can always find the city's famous ruin bars. They started happening about the early 2000s. The developers started buying up property, especially in the Jewish district. A lot of the buildings were kind of like semi-destroyed, never repaired, and actually they've created these amazing bars there. One is called Simpla Kurt that is just quite eccentric, but quite the unique place to be able to go and just see the local scene. So now let's talk about essentials. You know, each season offers a completely different experience there in Budapest. This is what really makes Budapest so unique. During the wintertime, you've got the markets overflowing with, you know, party goers, all the sweet treats. In the fall, you've got the festivals. In the summertime, you know, everyone's in the streets, drinking, sipping Hungarian beer and wine. And in the springtime, you know, after a long winter, the city really starts coming to life. So if you're looking for when is the best time for me to go, Think about, okay, well, I want to avoid the high season so I can go in the springtime. The temperature's pretty moderate. The crowds are not there. The airport is easy to access with the city. You have public transportation everywhere. It's a very walkable city, which is really nice. And and one of the unique things even, too, about the um, underground in Budapest, it's actually UNESCO designated. Can you believe that? Because it's the oldest underground railway in Europe. Isn't that something? And even in the summertime, Budapest, their official transportation company, gives free public ferry boat rides along the river. You can just get on a tram, go down the waterfront. Just imagine that. What a beautiful scene that will be. Doesn't it just all sound so amazing? It's almost impossible to list everything that's worth doing here, seeing or tasting in Budapest, especially because it's a journey in around this capital city. It's going to lead to your own personal discoveries that, you know, for your own personal taste. That's what I love about travel. Each person gets something unique out of it. But thanks so much for listening to my podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'll look forward to chatting with you the next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's journey. If you'd like to know more, please visit my website at catchingthesun.com. 
and I'll help you relax, explore, and enjoy catching the sun on your next amazing gastro travel experience.